Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello and welcome to Lockdown Beers and Rugby Chat, brought to you to help you get through lockdown. Uh, and we had some news as to when we'll be starting to come out of that um, today. So we'll have a chat about that and the impact that might have on the old NPC and Farrah Palmer Cup over here in New Zealand. Uh, we've got uh, a Rugby World Cup qualifier to talk about, the US uh, Canada taking on the USA over the weekend. The Blackburns today announced a squad um, to go over to Europe for two games against England and two games against France. Uh, we've got some concussion news from the game at the weekend, plus red card controversy, obviously. And the Canes have announced a, another player uh, of uh, signing. So lots of stuff to chat about today. Any other rugby topics you think I missed about? Missed? Throw them in the live chat. If you're on Twitter, there's also a link there where you can go and uh, come and join me on screen, have a chat. Hope you are all staying safe. Uh, and uh, let's follow the rules so that we do get out of this lockdown as quickly and for as long as possible um, as well. Also get vaccinated, folks. Let's, um, that we need that to open up the country uh, and for us to live with COVID uh, in the long run. Got myself a beer. I've got about uh, 15 seconds before I can open it. Yep, it's a Tui. Uh, and you can see I've got a couple, had a couple of Tuis, uh, a couple of Moas, um, some Lion Reds and some Boundary Road Brewery beers up there. Um, anyone want to send me some beers that can go there as well? Yeah, that'd be nice. Anyway, and uh, it's now five o'clock, folks. So knock off work, grab yourself a beer, and uh, let's chill out and relax at the end of a long day. Um, if you've been uh, working from home or working from anywhere, really. Uh, if you work from from uh, not from home, then uh, I guess you'd be getting home and commuting rather than actually listening to me. But there you go. These things happen. So cheers, folks. Leave the gas in the glass. That's how I pour um, these kind of things. Don't forget, if you want to join me over on Twitter, there's a link. You can come on screen and have a chat with me because it looks like uh, my regular people aren't going to turn up. I'm going to be on my own today. <laughs> also, in the live chat, throw in any comments. But let's kick off then with that uh, game from the weekend. Um, we had uh, Canada versus the USA. The USA going into this game very much uh, as favourites and have had um, some good results against Canada recently uh, over the last few years. It's been a few years since uh, Canada have have beaten them. Um, the USA 
um, had the upper hand, but they got a penalty try after only four minutes um, with the, um, with the, uh, for that one, uh, and had the upper hand, but um, kept on, um, kept on uh, having issues uh, and not being able to, to finish. And that meant that they only led by 10-14 um, at half time. Uh, most of the points coming from the boot um, of uh, from Canada uh, with two tries um, from the USA. So a small lead at half time. In the second half, though, Canada really went to work. Uh, and um, three, uh, yeah, four. Is that? No, three, sorry. Three um, unanswered uh, tries uh, saw them take out a lead of 34 to 14 uh, in that one. So a big lead there for Canada. The USA at the death got themselves a try back to make it um, 34 to 21, which is important because they play the reverse fixture in the USA uh, next week or this coming weekend. And it's the aggregate score across the two games that decides who gets to qualify. Remember, Canada last time out had to go all the way to the repechage uh, to, to qualify. So the USA and Uruguay both uh, qualified ahead of them. Um, so this is a massive victory for Canada. Well done on that one. Uh, it was very difficult to watch. I've not actually seen the game or seen any highlights. You know, it was behind a pay. It was actually pay per view here in New Zealand. Uh, not many people paid to watch that, but I have heard two cents rugby's uh, review of the game, which is where I'm getting uh, those getting my sort of uh, opinions from on how um, that all went. So um, big one uh, for that um, there. Uh, the um, uh, Craig says, uh, thanks for the aftermatch podcast, Paul. Listened to uh, at work today. Uh, yeah, I, I do. I've been doing post-match reactions on Facebook, YouTube and Twitter for a long time, but not put them up as podcasts. So perhaps we'll start putting them up as podcasts so you can hear the post-match reaction to the games. Um, so uh, and don't forget, folks, if you'd like to support me in my um, uh, to be able to, to bring you all of that kind of stuff, then please head over to patreon.com forward slash NZ Sport Radio to become a supporter of New Zealand Sport Radio. Uh, we've uh, three videos out actually for you over the last, over the weekend. We had one, uh, sorry, three well, videos and podcasts just for supporters. One looking at the latest news around Fiji Drua. Um, another one where Stephen and I picked on the Moana Pacifica squads. Um, and then uh, for those of you who are interested in English rugby, um, the um, and, uh, Andrew Seabold uh, has signed as the defensive coach under Eddie Jones. Uh, so I uh, got, um, oh, I've got that Brad, our uh, NRL uh, expert, to tell me all, all about Andrew Seabold as he used to be the head coach of um, the Rabbitohs and also the Brisbane Broncos. So um, go and uh, uh, check those. Uh, you can get all those, I say, just for supporters. Um, legend, thanks, Craig, um, for that one. The um, nocturnal rights, yeah, so the, yeah, the Canada were decent back in the 90s, but haven't kicked on quite right too. But they have got the Arrows now, the uh, Toronto Arrows, which means they do have a professional team in Major League Rugby, which is helping them, uh, helping their team, obviously. But uh, yeah, administration issues uh, have been a big problem for Canada. Absolute mess on that side of things. We've had uh, the uh, Canadian women come out and talk about uh, some of those issues uh, around that as well. Really, uh, I say an absolute mess up there. But let's hope... Uh, things are on the the mend on that one. Um, the uh, Black Ferns were announced. Um, uh, squad was announced today uh, with um, three players coming back from the Olympics sevens. Aaron, I'll get your comment in a second. Um, in this one uh, with um, Stacey Fuller, uh, Kelly Brazier, uh, and uh, Portia Woodman all joining the 
15 side head out to Europe to play England twice and France twice there. Uh, I know Stephen Harris will be happy to see that uh, um, that uh, the Crystal um, on blank Crystal Murray uh, has made it as one of the props. A uh, Northland girl uh, involved there. Also, she used to be part of the New Zealand Rugby League team uh, to bring those skills across. Um, so uh, fantastic. So so great to see that that uh, tour is still going ahead and those being selected. Um, if uh, anyone would like to give me some uh, little lowdown on those selections and who you think has been a um, a good or, or bad or who's missed out or who, who you think is uh, surprise selections, let me know. Les Elder is uh, back from her, uh, from having a baby to lead the tight captain the side with vice captains for Eloise uh, Blackwell and Kendra Coxage um, in that, that lot. Um, so level two, uh, return to level two for everyone outside of Auckland from Tuesday night. Uh, the, um, as Arun says, from my cursor, there we go. Uh, Auckland has still got another seven days at uh, level four, at least. I have to see how those cases go. At least they're coming down, which is great to see. So great job, Auckland, in following the lockdown rules and bringing those case numbers down. Uh, it's heading in the right direction. So you're getting there. Well done. Thank you from the rest of us in, in, in New Zealand for doing that for us. Um, so uh, it looks like that uh, they're on track for that return to the NPC on the 24th of September. So about two weeks worth of contact training before they uh, get back to that. That means we'll have missed five rounds of the NPC that will need to be caught up. And it means that our first game will be on 24th September with Tasman versus Waikato, most likely. We'll wait for some announcements on that. Um, followed by Southland versus Canterbury. Uh, and uh, Manawatu versus Northland on the 25th on the Saturday. Uh, Counties Manukau versus Auckland, you'd imagine, would be postponed still. Um, Wellington versus Hawke's Bay on the Sunday. <coughs> you'd expect Otago North Harbour to be postponed, as, again, North Harbour won't have had the time to prepare for that game. And finally, Bay of Plenty versus Taranaki. So hopefully I'll be able to, I'll be able to get to Bay of Plenty versus Taranaki um, as a... Um, uh, as as the media, uh, I don't know if we'll be at level two or level one by that point, but if we're still at level two, then it's 100 people only. Um, so hopefully I'll be uh, uh, allowed or able to get to that one at Tauranga Domain. But uh, we'll have to wait and see on that one. So, yeah, just the one game I'll be able to get to there for those ones. Um, and uh, then we'll have midweek games as well, probably to catch up on those five weeks of missed games. So keep an eye out for all of that going forwards and uh mr stephen uh, harris is joining me obviously he's been he's been uh, hard at work today and only just managed to uh put the phone down and uh stop taking orders and he's on his water same so hydration absolutely mm. hydration stephen i'm with you on that one. Uh, yeah just in a meeting paul sorry about that mate but hey thought i'll quickly yeah, jump mate. on and jump on and join you mate you'll have to fill me in yeah we're just talking about uh, the um return to level two uh, tomorrow night and how that uh, the NPC will be back on probably the 24th of September as expected. I was just running through those games for so Tasman Waikato on the Friday, Southland Canterbury and uh, Manawatu Northland on the Saturday, Wellington Hawks Bay and Bay of Plenty versus Taranaki on the Sunday with Counties Manukau versus Auckland and Otago versus North Harbour most likely to be postponed because uh, those teams, or three of those teams won't have had a chance to train and get ready. So Bay of Plenty versus Taranaki, the only game I'll be able to get to for that one, but we will try and uh, get to those ones uh, and uh, to, to keep the coverage of the Bunnings NPC. Um, 
On the Farrah Palmer Cup side, they should have finished already by then. <laughs> um, the final was due to um, uh, take place on the uh, 10th of September. So um, basically this coming weekend, clearly that's not happening. Um, so we'll have to wait for news as to how uh, the Farrah Palmer Cup will resume um, for this year. Uh, I expect that we're going to miss, obviously, the NPC rarely has All Blacks involved, but the Farrah Palmer Cup normally does. Um, and you'd think if they're going to be, if it's going to overrun by past 10th of September, the uh, Black Ferns are going to be missing because they'll be on tour to um, to the UK. I'd had a very quick chat about the, um, a very quick mention, I'll say, of the uh, Black Ferns squad. I don't know if you if you had time to see it that was announced at two o'clock today. Yes. Yes, I have. I have seen the squad. In fact, I've just got it in front of me, just uh, looking over. I see there's a few new caps in there, Paul. Um, yeah, go ahead. Give, give me, give me your thoughts. <clears throat> yeah, no, and then, I, I, I'm surprised it's it's so many new caps in in the squad. But um, just looking th through some of the names, some of them, yeah, definitely have, have played their way in. And, and you know, just to give you an idea, somebody like Liana Michaeli too, originally from down in the uh, in in the Hawks Bay. I think she might have moved up to uh, to Auckland, playing a bit of code up in, in in Auckland. I think she's always been a player of. Uh, who's been basically targeted as uh, one that was uh, always going to basically go places, you know, but a lot of the experienced names in there, Kendra Coxedge as well. I'm just sort of looking around. Uh, she's obviously looks like there's two, uh, two captains uh, sharing the role. No, sorry, beg your pardon. Lee Zolder is the captain so of the team. And, yes, um, Zolder with uh, Eloise Blackwell and uh, Kendra Coxedge, vice captaining. Uh, we've got three, um, three teams, three players come back to the Olympics, which I mentioned. Um, I guess, yeah, you're a bit of a surprise when you think that the Rugby, the Rugby World Cup is next year. Um, and so to see quite so many caps this late in the cycle is a bit of a surprise. Um, but obviously, having with that uh, having been delayed with COVID, maybe there's a few players that have decided to retire um, or not make themselves available that were, that were originally on the plan to be part of this one. Also, um, it looks like there's some um, eight players injured um, who are unavailable for selection as well. So... Um, so yes, that, that's that probably also played into the fact that we've got those all those new caps. But I mean, two games against England, two games against France, two of the top teams in the world should be a cracking um, set of games, and we'll uh, definitely be looking to watch those. Uh, hopefully, Sky has those on, uh, and we can um, bring you reports and updates from those folks. Yeah. Um, the uh, uh, I noticed that so also we we had a couple of concussions from the uh, weekend out on the All Blacks game. Arnie Surveyor and, and Cody Taylor uh, were both got concussed during the uh, Bledisloe Club 3. Reports um, on Twitter from uh, Alex Chapman, the uh, reporter from uh, News Hub, uh, he says that they've both apparently woken up with uh, no um, side effects will go through the usual return to play protocols. Personally, I would like to see both of them rested next weekend, um, but uh, I, I don't think you should be playing another... Uh, the following weekend, if you've uh, been concussed, you should take a week off. Um, but um, we'll have to wait and see on that one, um, Stephen, with the, yeah. the uh, Pumas game lined up for next uh, next Sunday. Yeah, I think I'd agree with you. I, I don't really know if there's any any uh, need for those two players to, to to be rolled out. I was I was quite impressed with um, even when Artie Savia left the field, how that loose forward trio operated, and there might even be an opportunity to start with, say, for example, uh, um, Jacobson 
um, who could also slot into that number eight position. And I thought uh, Takiahua, um, apart from a, a couple of wayward line-out throws in the main, you know, added a lot of value to that team. He certainly adds a lot of size uh, to that front row. Um, yeah, that, that's an interesting one. I know a little bit of talk on our own chat about um, Marika Korobeti, um not going off for an HI test, but sort of at the end of the day, uh, you know, was 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 he knocked out? He might have just might have just basically taken a bit of a, a sprig to the face. I don't know if there was enough to for him to have got, got an HIA check. He seemed like he was in pretty good uh, good spirits for the rest of the game. Yeah, same here. Yeah, no, I, I agree, and we'll, we'll we'll have it. We'll touch on the red card in a second, but um, I guess the problem with Cody Taylor and Ali Surveyor is with already with Sam Whitelock missing, uh, that uh, the amount of experience you've got in that side drops off. When, when you think if you go with um, Papi Lehi, um, Blackwell, uh, and um, and Akiriwani, or Akiriwani, and uh, as you say, Luke Jacobson, uh, it's all those got. It, it is a very inexperienced back row. Um, so yeah, your lack of leaders there. If you take two of those, those those two experienced players out, so I can understand why the All Blacks will want them back. It also request it also would, would bring up the question of who would captain the team. Um, I can't remember who captained when Ardy went off um, at the weekend, uh, but um, the so yes, yeah, so it'll be interesting. So so a number of intro, a number of selection issues for the All Blacks if they decide not to include these two players, which I, which I say I personally don't think they should do. Paul, I think this is a good thing for the for the All Blacks. I mean, as I I think in the past, all black coaches have maybe been a little bit guilty of picking these really big, big squads, but not not giving enough of their squad an, an actual run. But here's <clears throat> here's a situation where you might have to to rest rest half a dozen. You you know that three guys who would be over there are, are not not over there at the minute. Um, I'll tell I'll tell you what. Um, put put the, put them out there. What have you what have you got to lose? Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, I think they should do. As a, um, but I'm just pointing out how we, how uh, how we experience that that pack would become, with uh, say three leaders uh, having uh, be or well, four when you include Sam Kane, um, having not not be available. Um, wow. for that's that's um, a, that's a that's a really good that's a really good point. We for, we we forget that Sam Sam Kane isn't there. We also forget that guys like uh, Joe Moody and. And off a tuanga fussy are, are basically working working their way back into rugby. I can probably see a rest maybe coming for Nepo Nepo Lolala. He seems to have been at the the cornerstone of of that scrum through most of the season. So I can see a rest maybe coming his way as well. Yeah, it's it's going to be it's going to be interesting. I mean, obviously Patrick Tupolotu uh, with his um, his groin or hamstring uh, that meant that he he missed this game. I was unavailable for it. Yeah, he, he needs well, the, the All Blacks need him back because we've only got three fit locks on tour at the moment, um, which is uh, which which could be a bit of an issue. Uh, and look, trying to get anyone out there, obviously they have to go through two weeks of quarantine. So you, there's there's no quick fixes um, for injuries of players, which is uh, so. But um, yeah, I think they've got the depth out there to deal without Ardy um, and, uh, and 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 Cody, both obviously first choices, but. Uh, I, I, yeah, just, I, I think I don't think red dressing them would be a bad a bad move. Um, talking of that red card, then I think we we were all in all unanimous in agreeing that it was a red card in our live chat, and uh, we've I've, I've mentioned most of that. Uh, interesting to see that uh, the All Blacks have said, "Oh, a bit surprised," uh, and we'll challenge it. Well, look, folks, when you read that, 
essentially they'll challenge it every single time to try uh, and reduce the amount of time that they actually spend uh, in, in being banned. And uh, to be, some people say that he was doing it to protect himself. I don't think he was. He basically went up, misjudged it, got himself um, with his shoulders too far back, um, brought his leg up to balance himself, to bring himself so he landed down properly. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, caught somebody in the face. I mean, it, was, it, was, it was not intentional, but it was reckless. Uh, and it was a bad execution of the jump. Uh, and if you don't get it right, well, that's what kind of happens. A bit like in a tackle, you can say, oh, he didn't mean to tackle him in the head. No, but if you're going to be tackling at around that place, if you get it wrong, uh, it's what can happen. Paul, Paul, it's a little, it's a little bit like a, like a fend in, in, in close quarter. You go out, say for example, you've <clears throat> you've basically just received the ball, or you or you've changed hands, and you just put your hand out. Not, not, not always deliberately. It can be a reflex thing, and you hit somebody in the head with the elbow. Unfortunately, it's an elbow too. It's it's damn unlucky because sometimes it can can just be a reflex thing. But listen, when we, we were watching the game, you you noticed our rugby chat. I called it straight away. As yep. soon as as soon as it happened, I thought, man, this is a red card all all, all day. And all basically the slow the slow motion just basically reconfirmed what yeah, a little bit little little bit of bad luck, but you know, but that's something for for, for Geordie Barrett to 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 work on it's 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 really odd. I know I was talking to Boa about it, and Boa was saying this is how a lot of teams are training at the moment. And I actually looked at a a video of Ben Smith taking high kicks, and incredibly, his leg was going up at the extension of the leg. But I, I suspect you're right, Paul. I just think he'd realised he got himself in the wrong position, just over overcompensated a wee bit, and just on the way down, poor uh, Marika just got his face in the wrong place at, at the wrong time. But, you know, it's up to both players to ensure whether it's the catcher <clears throat> or whether it's the, the the tackler coming in to ensure both both themselves are, are going to be safe. Yeah, I was going to bring up... Uh, so, hey, Con, not, good to see hey, you. Sorry, but here we are talking away <laughs> over you. No, 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 um, don't mind me. Just hanging out. Um, just uh, going to bring share up a, a, a picture that's uh, got tweeted to me. And obviously Twitter being fun and games. But yeah, but this, this is my point. If you look at those, the, the yellow lines. Now, look, you, you've got parallax error and, and, and cameras and stuff. But basically, as you can see, Jordy gets his shoulders not above his hips. Therefore, he can see himself rotating. Puts his leg out to, to straighten himself up. Yeah. So you, 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 you can see you can see exactly what happened um, and, and why it happened that way. But yes, they are trained to bring the, the, the um, let's get my cursor in the right place, the knee up. Uh, to protect themselves from, uh, but uh, but the but they're also trying to keep the studs pointing at the ground, not forwards. Um, so yeah, there we go. Um, mm. On that one, uh, interesting one that Nocturnal Rights has brought up here. Um, curious that Ian Foster said they sent Vi out there to play blindside, but Scott Barrett said he was uh, playing there. Foster said that was a player initiative, uh, but maybe Scott Barrett pulling rank. Thoughts on that one, boys? Um, I, I I thought it was unusual for me. I would have I would have sent another loose forward out there because I just thought it was a would an area and the style of game that they were playing. But the loose forwards were were, were going reasonably reasonably well at the time. Um, I would now he replaced. I was going to say I, I don't see. Um, I think the problem was that uh, with Ardi Severe coming off at half time, um, and uh, Blackwell going on. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. That uh, okay. when, when, uh, sorry, Blackadder, not Blackwell, jeez, um, Blackadder going on, um, that meant they had no loose, no, no loose forward replacements when, oh. uh, when, they, when they did send Viat on. So um, I think I, that was part of. I, I would have went the other way around. I would have, uh, I would have put Viat into lock and, and, and Scott Barrett because he's played in that loose forward jersey, probably should have slotted into that, in, into that blindside role. Well, that, that's what he did do, but, he, but, but, so uh, yeah, he did that on the pitch. That wasn't what they were. That wasn't what the coaches said. So interesting that one. Um, which uh, yeah, but after after he played blindside at uh, in the Rugby World Cup semi final, that went that went really well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Did you have to remind us? We don't talk about that, do we? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but Paul, it's a question for you. I was, I was watch listen to one of your things the other day. Are you a um, not that you have to declare any allegiance, but oh, there you go. It's probably just answered my question. <laughs> uh, are you a uh, you a general English supporter or, or, or uh, something else? I'll, I'll, answer, I'll answer that. I'll answer that for you, Con. You can take the boy out of England, but you can't take England out of the boy. There you go. That's good. No, good on you. I, I, no, that's I, it. Listen, that's I. I, I uh, listen, I, I love that. I know there's a lot of expatriates that that live in live in New Zealand and I've got South African friends who say they support the All Blacks and 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 and, and the Springboks and I go why if I if I yeah, I'm gonna be yeah, honest yeah. if I if I moved to South Africa I'd I'd still support I'd still support the All Blacks there's nothing there's nothing there's nothing wrong with actually being being fiercely loyal I know one of one of the guys that we use John O'Connor um boy he lets <laughs> us know pretty much every day that he's a Springbok supporter and, and you know what nothing wrong with that he's drawn a line in the sand. <laughs> if you know Obviously, what I mean, um, so. I speak, Paul. Your your second team's probably New Zealand. Um, hopefully. Uh, but it, obviously in South Africa, no, maybe not. South Africa, um... oh, well, that's harsh, Stephen. I didn't see you can declare it now once and for all, Paul. You can tell us, and then we know. I think, well, I think what... my, my second team's obviously the Lions. Um, after, oh, okay. but, <laughs> then, then we can bring in New Zealand. Yeah, I think, um, I think, I, I, th- I think, I think, that, I think if a, a tier two nation was to not be all blacks over, I don't think a poor would have too much of a problem with that. I must admit, that would be a that would be a cool thing. I, I you know, but uh, but I'm. On on saying that, not great for all black supporters, but you can only imagine how Springbok supporters were were actually feeling uh, when they got beaten in uh, back in Brighton, oh, back in the uh, 2015 Rugby World Cup, and that was a great game. And for anybody out there, if you get an opportunity to watch the Brighton Miracle, which is on Sky at the moment, great, absolutely fantastic. Even as a Kiwi, it actually brought tears to my eyes, and it wasn't so much about the. 
the victory over. It was just the reaction of the Japanese players because they, they were basically using actors and real exits and you just saw what sort of passion it meant to them. And you know what? It, it, it's just a lot of fun to watch. It's a great, it's a, it's a really good film. It was far better than I thought. Great acting and the, kind of, the way that they spliced real footage with um, obviously shot footage was, uh, was yeah, excellent. I um just just no, on no, the point. When, when you are watching those though, folks, remember it is a film, and whilst it's based on reality, don't say uh, it's it, it won't be a hundred percent. It's only from someone's point of view. You saying um, Timmy Morrison's not a great coach? Is that what you saying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> probably not too bad. Um, on um on the point you made before, Stephen, I um last year, uh, well, one of my my brother's uh, friend, who's a big rugby head, and probably this gives an indication as to uh, the typical fear with an all-black fan. It, there's no doubt that New Zealand fans are often reasonably confident in our abilities, but uh, when, um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> understatement. Uh, when Argentina were, um, were admitted to the rugby championship or when it was formed, uh, he said, um, what's the point? Argentina will never ever beat the All Blacks. They actually had a big argument about, because I think at the time, uh, you know, Russia got brought into uh, the Rugby World Cup for the first time, if I, if I, if I recall, and there's a lot of talk about that they were having an argument, but basically he said Argentina are never ever going to beat the All Blacks. And so that was his opinion um, based on 2011. Now we all know Argentina did really well in 2007, but uh, I was texting him he hadn't talked to the guy for about for, for a few years, but I was texting him, you know, last year and going, are you going to send a message to your mate and tell him that, you know, because I think they had a bet going on. Um, and, I, and I think that things do change quite quickly. You know, when he said that, a lot of people would have believed it. But at the beginning of last year, I think not many people would think, not many people would have thought Argentina were going to beat the All Blacks last year, but they would have known it was coming. And I think, um, I like to think about the teams that, uh, you know, what, what, what in 20 years, which team is not on our radar that might actually be doing quite well? Oh, I, Japan I, aside. I, I, I think the team that I reckon that will knock over or take a big scalp in maybe the next year or two is actually Fiji because uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, a, a, where their, a where their players, are, a lot of their forwards are playing. So they will basically, you know, because usually the big, the big issue with Fiji or Pacific Island teams over the years, is could they could they front up in the in in the forwards? Well, I think Fiji definitely showed they could front front up in the forwards. And when you when you consider at the end of the day, their preparation was really really short. I I think um, those two scores and those tests pretty much flattered the All Blacks. They really did. They didn't Fijian didn't deserve to lose by those amount of points. And listen, I if the Fijians. In a perfect world, it would have been nice if the Fijians had got a lot closer on 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 the scoreboard. Um, once upon a time, we'd all hoped when Wales had knocked over, oh sorry, um, Western Samoa had knocked over Wales at World Cup. We thought gee, things would progress forward, and I suppose that's that's the frustrating thing. We know that the Pacific Islands have. Well, got... if they played with the whole Samoa, imagine what would have happened. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> not just Western Samoa, American Samoa as well. Um, Exactly, and I think it's just it's the rate of change that frustrates people. But boy, a couple of results! That result last year, Argentina 
the All Blacks. That came out of nowhere because they were they were, they were supposedly in lockdown. A good oh, yeah. number of their management had COVID. Some of their players had COVID. What could they possibly bring after doing absolutely nothing in a year? Well, they made they they writ our own piece of their history. And ironically, sometimes these results would come when you least expected. See, the Irish result in Chicago. I kind of wasn't yeah. surprised by that in a in a way, because the All Blacks were over there doing promotional work. I looked at that, that Irish team. It wasn't their best team, was it, as well? No, no, it was nowhere near their best team. But, boy, that's not to take anything away from Ireland. And, listen, when the All Blacks played there, what, in Dublin a couple of years later, they proved they proved it. You know, they proved that. They, it was they, definitely they backed, our best team that we could field at the time. So they they backed it up, and you know you think back to that uh, Japanese result against the Springboks. It's just that these results are few and far between. I think I can remember Western Samoa. Was it Western Samoa or Fiji that beat Australia in Australia a few seasons ago? That might have been yeah, Western. Yeah. That might have, uh, that, Samoa. Yeah, yeah. That was that was that was that was, that was Samoa. It's a great match. Purely the Western Samoa, but some money Samoa. Gave them a battering. Big pun. Oh, gave them gave them an absolute battering. And when those results come along, they're damn good good for the game. Not so good for the people who support those teams, but <laughs> you know, I think the more, the exception would be um, Japan, right? And so obviously Japan beating the box um and then beating the usa which if, if i recall in 2015 well prior to 2015 japan had, had they not won a world cup game ever is that right or they'd, they'd only drawn one so one, they were considered they won, to be they'd won one yeah, up okay. to them so it was considered that you know i think most people would have pipped that japan would probably not win a game and then they they obviously beat south africa and then and then hammered the usa quite comfortably they couldn't beat scotland to make it to the quarters and I think they probably had a forgettable period between 2015 and 19. But when they when they went back to back Ireland and Scotland, I think it showed that they they're not um, uh, fl- they fluked it. And um, and I think Japan has the right ingredients, and they've got money, probably long term development, good ability to get coaches. Um, and uh, you'd hope, I mean, my hope is that, I don't know what will happen, but Japan, the way the trajectory suggests they could be, you know, a top six team if they keep going. Um, I'm not sure if they're going to keep having dips, um, but I, I wonder who the next one is. And I guess with the same ingredients of um, of uh, Jap- uh, what Japan has, which is money, coaching, competition, you'd, you'd think the USA could be on that trajectory if we're, if we're lucky. Which would be really yeah, I mean, the, but the, the the common thing there. I mean, you're saying that Japan has got money. Well, yes, the country has got money, but the actual yep. the the union itself is 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 a very much an amateur setup, um, and uh, has has got some real problems as to how it has actually run. Now, mm-hmm. so to, to to put a damper on it, but to, to on the positive side, you got to say, look, they've they've, they've got a professional competition kicking uh, league kicking off next year, um, rather than the company competition they've had in the past, um, and as you say, decent coaches over the last, what, 12 or so years, probably starting with Eddie Jones. Um, so, yeah, so they, they, they are definitely heading in the right direction. As you say, the USA, again, um, have money as a country, as a union. Well, let's see. They went into meltdown and uh, went bankrupt effectively and ended up um, selling off uh, the rugby channel for a dollar. Um, so, the, so, so part of that, but again, they've also got themselves a professional league now that's been around for a couple of years. Uh, well, four years, I think, with with obviously with three full seasons. Obviously, one season, COVID impacted 
Um, so again, they've got the ingredients there. In fact, they've got that professional, professional league, Canada, with a team in that league with the Toronto Arrows. In theory, they they um, they've also got the the, the starting to put the ingredients together to, to improve with uh, the Fiji Drua and Moana Pacifica. You're looking at the ingredients there for both uh, for for all three Fiji, Samoa, and Tonga all to improve. So if we're to put our rose tinted glasses on and and, and, our, and be all optimistic. Yes, you've got uh, Japan, the USA, Canada, Fiji, Samoa, Tonga, six tier two nations that have got some that are, that, are, that are putting the building blocks in place to improve. If we look at South America now, the um, Premier Liga Sud America, I think it's called their their professional league, and I've, I've put air quotes there because it's definitely a lower belief, low, a level lower than uh, the Major League Rugby, where they've got teams from Argentina, Uruguay. Oh, Chile, Brazil. Um, there's two more. I've gone blank. Anyway, um, the uh, so they have they've, they've got again they've got a a, a, a a league, but that's that's got like a, a well. So you might say Major League Rugby's got like a five year growth. They've got like a ten year growth to get up to something competitive. Um, so that's the, the the positive side of things. I'm going to throw a stat at you now. That um. That, that, that you might uh, um, find interesting. And whilst those guys are getting the, the, the right building blocks in place, you look at um, uh, you look, look at um, Australia, uh, Australia. So um, in the back in the, the second half of 2021, Australia rugby will play 13 professional rugby matches. New Zealand will play 165. Mm. I saw that yesterday. Um, because the NPC. Piece. And it shows that Australia, they've got in place for the Super Rugby players and for then their internationals have got something to do. All their non-internationals basically only work six months a year, which is just nuts. And, it, and it's a shame because they've obviously had many pops at the NRC and had you know attempts at getting it going. And if they could get that going uh, and not, I think last time they launched it, they wanted it to be profitable within year one or something, uh, um, which is just going to be very difficult to do. So, yeah, I think uh, I think when they have it, they probably don't get the support they hope. But you know, um, it, a lot of people could look at the the NPC and believe that the support isn't as good as it should be, or look at the you know the days of the early 90s when you know used to get sellout crowds every year. Uh, and I think the NRC probably needs to be more pragmatic about its expectations and what the goals are, um, because it seems like it starts and then it fails every every couple of years because they need the money or they need they expect it to bring in big big dough. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, the, the NRC it, it, essentially, they're just giving they're giving their non-international something to do mm. for, yep. for, 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 for for four or five months. Um, I mean, let's go. Steve and I love the NPC. You know, obviously we, we get to we get around as many games as we can, um, and uh, um, we, we, we and, and we, we, we we adore it. But look, the the the, the, the crowds are are poor. I don't think it's marketed very well. I think they, they, they get a lot. We, we, we sh they, there should be bigger crowds. Um, it, it should be more part of the fabric of the uh, of of, well, of of communities. To be honest. Yep. Yeah, Paul, I, I think that's, like, for me, that's a bit of a ball drop by 
by the provincial union, some of the provincial unions themselves, where they, you know, it, it bugs the heck out of me. Like, for example, the, the city that I live in, Auckland, that they play games at Eden Park in, in front of 500 people at a really, really big stadium. But if they brought it out to, to Waitakere Stadium or to Western Spring Stadiums, which, which are smaller ground, bring bring your community, get your community more involved in the game. I mean, so we saw that those wonderful images from, from Pukekura Park um, back in, seems like a million years ago, was it round one or round, or round two? Around two. Um, when Hawks Bay were playing there and just looked absolutely fantastic. Crowd right, you know, the crowd right on top of the players. I, I think there are things you can do. And I think both, even across the Tasman, I, I just think their administration has played a really, really big part in the in the direction of, of of their game, you know, there's been a lot of power brokers. You know, they've they've obviously maybe in their eyes had the wrong people, people who haven't been working working together. And we've also seen the same over in the Pacific Islands, where both, well, basically Tonga have had no administration whatsoever, and both Samoa and Fiji have been run by tyrants. And I don't think that has actually helped the game. And if you sort of look at it, New Zealand, I just think, I I just thought. COVID was going to be the perfect opportunity to have a reload and 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 think about where where this game is because I think it's a it's a com- community that keeps that NP- NPC the fires burning because I can tell you this for nothing I don't think New Zealand rugby give two continentals about it they're more worried about the where they're going to sign the next All Black deal yeah I think the the, the keeping the they have a well my take is. They know that they believe what's important to them, which is having enough money to keep their players from going offshore. And I think that's their that's their very very that's one of the key goals. And um, and that you know it is important. Um, but uh, yeah, you guys probably have some interesting takes on that. On your um, on your comment before Stephen about the Australian rugby, have, have you guys listened to the podcast called The Breakdown, uh, which is a documentary series podcast? I think you should have a look at it. It's um, not to promote other podcasts, of course, which is sacrilege. Uh, but um, <laughs> but uh, this is a um, a documentary that the Australian did on the effectively what's happened to Australian rugby over the last twenty years, because effectively the, the, the take is Australian rugby was at a, at its at an exceptional position in two thousand, and then had a massive windfall with the World Cup, and effectively they blew it it's it's interesting so this is a probably a documentary not from a rugby you know supporters point of view it's from a uh a news media it's quite interesting i think um there's a lot on the flower thing and uh but but i think uh, probably be worth um some people tuning in if you if, if you like to 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 research or think about the off field financial economic component of rugby administrative component i found it really interesting um, yeah, and one of the issues that Australia's had is the is again the, the, the power of the players' union and, and how much percentage of revenue they managed to get to say that had to be paid, paid towards players. Uh, mm-hmm. That 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 was a problem for them. Um, obviously, here we've we've got that with the players' union, and uh, one of the things that's holding up and part of the discussions at the moment about Silver Lake is being asked to reduce that percentage. Um, but um, with but anyway, we'll, we'll that, that's uh, as you say. If we, we head down that rabbit hole, um, we could be for a very long time um, on, uh, on on that one. 
Um, the uh, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no. If you if you uh, if if you need to put, if you need to jump off, don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah, one uh, other thing that I want to talk about before we, before we before we end the show is um, Bailey Sullivan signing for the Hurricanes, um, the uh, Waikato player and, uh, and, and Chiefs player, uh, with um, both um, Laomapi and uh, Vince Arso uh, leaving the Hurricanes. Uh, he's signed down there at uh, the Chiefs. He's behind Anton Leonard Brown, Quintapaya. Uh, and Alex Nankerville. Um so I can uh, I can see it's it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good move for him down there, uh, where he'll be joining uh, Billy Proctor and uh, Peter Manga Jensen in a in a really young uh, center uh, collection of centers. Yeah, real <clears throat> real example of a of a guy that I probably thought has he got has he got super super rugby level in him? And um, boy, the the move into the move into center. Has been a been a revelation, and he's looked he's looked really really good um, since he's gone into that that midfield position. So um, yeah, you listen that that's a that's a big call. It's a it's a big call, but an early call from the Hurricanes to pick him up. But good luck to him. Yeah, I mean, Proctor's twenty two, Bailey Sullivan's twenty three, Peter Mango Jensen's twenty three. It's a really uh, young um, midfield. I think that's what we're seeing more now uh, as more and more players. Who are fringe or blacks head overseas um, that wouldn't have done earlier in their career is we're seeing younger squads um, like that because you then add um, obviously where's Houston at twenty five? Well, he's practically a veteran because you've got Royasi who's twenty four and Julian Sevilla, obviously the old man of the group um, at uh, thirty one as the outside backs um, shows you yeah, how young that entire black line is um, from. Uh, uh, for, for the Hurricanes, with yeah, with Julian Sevilla being pretty much the only one over twenty-five in that back line, which is uh, it, it, which is um, uh, impressive. So um, the uh, so yeah, on uh, yeah, I think it's a, a good move for him. Uh, I say behind those players at um, at the Chiefs to go down to the Hurricanes, um, but uh, an interesting choice in the Hurricanes because I say I, I think they can do with a bit of experience in that in, in that section. In, in that oh. area, oh, really, absolutely, Paul. I think I'm about to make a move of myself because I can smell yeah, dinner dinner lofting from the kitchen, mate. So uh, that's okay. Um, no, no, I, I just wanted to quickly talk about for wrapping things up. So thank you, Rose, for joining me, Stephen. Uh, thank you, Con, for joining us. Who's, who's dropped off, um, folks? Don't forget, 5 p.m. every single day. Uh, lockdown beers uh, and um, rugby chat. Uh, not so much. So Sonny Williams thinks that uh, Quade, uh, Quade Cooper should have played. Yeah, he did. I don't really pay much attention to Sonny Williams' opinions. Uh, he's not the best pundit, to be honest. He needs to do a bit of work in that area. Um, so, um, uh, yeah, so that's why I didn't bring that one up. Uh, do join us, I say, tomorrow at 5pm. Uh, we'll keep this keep this going for the while. Uh, also, 8pm tomorrow evening, uh, Tuesday evening, we'll have the uh, Drive More show, as we do always, um, uh, where we'll be uh, looking back at uh, the uh, the Bledisloe a little bit, but also looking forward to the Rugby Championship at the weekend. Also, we might have some news around the... Uh, NPC at that point to talk about as well. Um, so hopefully we'll, uh, we'll 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 start to see some some announcements come out about that. Um, so do join us for the Driving Mall show uh, tomorrow evening at eight pm after uh, the uh, lockdown beers and rugby chat at five pm. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. 
But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian-developed, And it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.